Hey, yo, welcome back to the Expediting Change podcast. I appreciate that you continue to tune in and rock with me. The love I feel is real. You know, in Expediting Change, we keep it a stack and we talk about the positive progression of the culture. So today I have a very special guest with me. I try not to have biases, but you know, when somebody from the town pulls up, when they're in the DMV, we gotta, we gotta have a conversation. But we're gonna talk about today, even though he has a multitude of skills, I want his opinion on one of the things that I say all of the time. I want him to actually check me on the Expediting Change podcast because I say a lot. It's not necessarily about how much money you bring in, it's how much money can you keep. And I'm not talking about tax evasion. We're not talking about 45 and them doo-doo boys over there. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about how the rich stay rich and how the wealthy stay wealthy because the secrets to bringing in the amount of income that you have and keeping it in your pocket and in your bank account. So today I got my guy Keon with me. Y'all know I like to let them do a lot of talking and then I like to come in. So I'm gonna allow you to introduce yourself, talk to the people. Welcome to the Expediting Change podcast, first and last name. And what do you do, bro? Man, first of all, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's love. It's Absolutely. love. Um, my name is Keon. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Moved to the DMV a few years ago. Um, I, I work in um, finance primarily, doing like taxes, everything from um, consulting to like for businesses, like medium, small, medium size. So I do it all. Um, so yeah. Let's get to it. Let's start with that, man, because I, I challenge me on that or, or tell me I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. I like yeah. to be right, too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. talk to me about that. I, I, I fundamentally believe when I'm having these conversations with these young folks and even folks my age, et cetera, but especially the young folks coming up because they bought the bag, et cetera. But you got the bag. Did you keep the bag? Right. right so talk right, to right, me right. about that statement, like not necessarily how much money you make, but how much money you keep in your pocket. Yeah. So like it, it's extremely important. You got like a lot of young cats coming in the game these days and um, they're making a lot of money, you know, like whether they doing um, like cryptocurrency, you know, like they're whether they like buying these assets, mm -hmm. like land, um, houses, like mm -hmm. everything. Like these young kids, like 27 year olds, I know multimillionaires already, but mm -hmm. um, a lot of them struggle with um, like the tax portion. Yeah. Um, it's important that you hire someone that, some professional that can understand how to navigate the the tax regulations in a yeah. way that you aren't just taking advantage. No you doubt. know, like you're not being taken advantage of, and that's like one of the things I notice about people in our community. Yeah, we often are scared that um, we're scared of the IRS. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing. Like, you, like everybody think that you know. Um, it's okay to deduct things yeah. for your business. Yeah. And a Tell lot of me, people deduct are things. What that mean? Tell me. Deduct yeah, things. It's yeah. okay to deduct things. Yeah. So like um, so if you have a legitimate business, you yep. know, uh, you go through the I I I'll strongly recommend like with people that I work with that um having an LLC or like setting up S corporations. We're gonna talk about some of those yep. type of things, but um, but like make sure that you got a business, make sure you actively um trying to get revenue into yep. the business and deducting things, um basically uh make it a simple as possible being able to write off some of like those expenses that's associated with the business. Yeah. And um to like maximize like your like your AGI, like your gross, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Like no your doubt. gross state gross income. So, so so from a from a tax perspective, like who should I go to? Or, you know, there's always Uncle Google. But yeah. the first thing I want to do, because you said make deductions, right? So how do I know what type of corporation to set up to be able to make the proper deductions for my business? And then yeah. we can get into yeah, what yeah. a deduction is and how we do a deduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very good question. So um 
So I would just say like uh, the person that you would go to is you can either go to one or two people. Mm -hmm. Either you can go to a CPA mm -hmm. or you can go to a EA, which okay. is like an enroll agent. Okay. Um, you you don't necessarily like uh, there are a lot of people out here in the game which is crazy to me like mark my words it's crazy that i find so many people giving like bad tax advice yeah, yeah. and sometimes i'm just scrolling like like the the number one place you don't want to go to is straight to instagram no, because a lot of, a lot of these people that's, and that's where all the info is right now instagram yeah. tiktok they i literally just seen a commercial um it's like you want to find something out Go to TikTok. I was like, that's crazy. Yo, it's wild. I'm sitting here looking like, I'm looking at, I'm listening to like what some of the people are saying and I'm like, yeah. this isn't even good advice. And even like, there's a lot of, um, um, a lot of like, uh, I would just say, um, other people who sharing information on platforms that sometimes like they'll they'll give like a snippet of it and it, and it, and it isn't accurate yeah. and they have a, a, a large like customer base, yeah. you know, that's yeah. listening to this. Their audience yeah. is large and it's yeah. bad information because yeah. a lot of people thinking that they can just but like just write off certain things or yeah. set companies up a certain way yeah. and they're not doing it the right way. And eventually like, yeah, year one, you might be good. You know, year two, you might be good. The IRS yeah. might, might say something. But when they catch you, it's going to be a it's major be a problem, problem, you know. So um, let, let, let's talk barriers to entry though, because there is that you know that that the myths and the thoughts about it but then also from a practical perspective how much it costs right, right so right. if we let's let's take the cost piece first mm -hmm. how do i find an affordable cpa or ea that i actually can trust because it can get expensive depending on how much business you're doing so so talk to me about that yeah so um like like i, I feel that finding the right CPA is kind of like if you are trying to find an employee, mm -hmm. you should uh, interview these different CPAs to make sure that they they fit with your goals. Mm -hmm. um, you And it's fine to like ask a CPA, like, hey, do you mind if I um, contact one of your like clients no just so that references. I could yeah, use the references. references. Yeah. You should definitely have a reference, um, like their list of references and go from there, you know, but like Google um, a few different CPAs and um, hold interviews with them. How competitive is the market though? Because if I find a really good CPA that I like, that's close to me, um, but then they cost a whole lot of money. Like at that point, then what do I do? Because I like this person, they're close to me, but I can't afford to pay them. Yeah, um, I think that uh, in life, you know, one thing I learned about business is uh, cost is always um, negotiable. But you can always negotiate the cost. No doubt. Um, so I think that if you feel that they're extremely like it's better to have a CPA that you can trust mm -hmm. and you're willing to give up that money because Absolutely. the growth that will happen within your business, Absolutely. It's, it'll 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 cost up front a lot, yeah. but on the back end you're actually saving more. No doubt. And everything should be tied to an ROI. No doubt. Know? So if you are paying a CPA that amount of money, they should be giving you strategic planning, Absolutely. not only just bookkeeping and, and like taxes, VN and taxes. Year. You know, Absolutely. we should be having a discussion like, Absolutely. yo, listen. Let's um let let's talk about what your goals are for your business. Can we get like ten percent growth? You know, Absolutely. like let's like what costs can we cut? Absolutely. And then also on the forefront, as we like have this discussion, um, just like strategically, like what's going on in the market right now? What mm -hmm. you should be doing, especially with us, um, bringing this like like going into a recession, mm -hmm. um, the early stages of it. Your CPA should be talking to you. So like this, these are things that the people should be around you having these financial discussions just so that make sure that you're maximizing like the tax advantages yep. during these trying times. So it sounds like we need to shift um, from the thought process of I go to a tax advisor 
once a year to do my taxes to I have a business and being associated with my business, there are tax things, tax advantages, tax um, implications from my business. So this is one of the partners in my business, not necessarily as far as equity is concerned Mm -hmm. in your business, Mm -hmm. but you got to have thought partners. And this CPA thought partner is someone that's going to help you navigate some of these, 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 this craziness out here from being frank. Yeah. And um, you should be talking to them like not only once a year or whenever you had to pay um, estimated quarterly like tax payments, you mm. know, which is um, that's like it's just bad that people don't feel that they can communicate with their person, their financial accountant or their tax accountant about those things. Like you should be contacting them monthly, you mm-hmm. know, like checking on them. Hey, listen, these are things that I'm planning to do because sometimes throughout the year, um, especially during like the 2020 stage, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on. So there was like some deductions that, or like things that people could have written off that the government was like allowing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those are things that you should just become constantly communicating with, with this person. Partner. So yeah. so expediting change is also about about teaching and having mm-hmm. these conversations. So I'm brand new to this, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I hear about these tax commercials, whether it's TurboTax Ooh. or um, back in the day, I used to use EG tax in Buffalo, New York, which is crazy. <laughs> but my thought process was that it was only once a year, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm brand new to this, how do I get my comfort level to ask that question to the CPA? Because what I see advertised normally is, hey, you just need me for this amount of time. So how do I approach that with a CPA and say, hey, here's my budget. Here's what's going on with my financial situation. I need you a few times a year. Like, how do you engage? So tell the people, how do you even approach that conversation? Because someone like me, someone like yourself, it's nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But for someone just starting out or for someone who don't have that comfort level, comfort level, um, and now it's a completely different discussion. Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I get, how do I break into that? How do I have that conversation with these individuals who I'm bringing in as a partner with me, as a thought partner and helping? Yeah. So um, I think the conversation, um, first of all, I think like a CPA would definitely know to uh, to look at the dynamics of a business. That's like the difference professional level of mm-hmm. um, the knowledge base that you get with working with a CPA. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're at the same time, like an EA, I can't say an EA will look at the strategy as mm-hmm. much because their primary goal is just to understand the taxes and like what can be written off, not necessarily the strategic planning. So having someone that's a CPA allows you almost like having a Swiss Army knife. No doubt. You know, you can use this person for many different um, no doubt. advantages in your business. No doubt. Um, so like to start that question, to answer your question, to start that question, um, a CPA should already be asking those questions. Okay. So I, I should have the expectation that when I talk to the CPA, they should also be at, they also interviewing me first off, right? Yeah, yeah. But then also saying, "Hey, this is I'm looking at your portfolio, and mm-hmm. here's what you're going to need." And if they don't, then you're probably at the wrong CPA. Yeah, you probably okay. got the wrong CPA okay. for sure. And for then, sure. then I would say for this mind shift, um, tell me if this is if this language is okay to use from the CPA perspective and thinking about a CPA, right? It's a static CPA that I use once a year to do my taxes. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing from you and the word that I want to use, that I want to check with you on is, this CPA is my consultant. Mm-hmm. They're my tax consultant. Mm-hmm. So I may need to hit them up before tax season, after tax season, during tax season. So if I go out and I start telling the people on my podcast, hey, this is not just your CPA, this is your tax consultant. Talk to me about this. Is it good language, bad language? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think like using the word like tax consultant is like the perfect the perfect word to describe 
um, the strategy of a person that's trying to, um, like any consultant, mm-hmm. you know, like like their goal should be to look at the dynamics of where you are yeah. and make sure that um, the right uh, plans are put in place to make sure that you're um, that you're taking advantage of like the your mm-hmm. your like your situation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I think like tax consultant is probably it, it's a very good word. So 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 give me. Um, again, we got we got a teacher on expediting change. Give right. me some red flags. Like if I'm talking to somebody, I'm interested in them. I'm just starting out. I want them to be my CPA. I'm not even necessarily at them being my tax consultant because I'm new to this. I'm slightly nervous. I at least want somebody to look at my stuff twice a year. One of those is when they're doing my taxes. What's some red flags from an individual or a corporation that I might hear that I could say, ooh, I heard that on the Expediting Change podcast. Let me look something up. Like, what? What's some red flags or something that the people should be wary of or think about? And listen to. Um, as they like, just to clarify, just in the in the perspective of trying to interview like someone, a CPA. Who you're, a CPA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think that um, you should like if you're starting a business, and a lot of people might not have this as um, like have this as an opportunity. But if you can, like, reach out to people in your your network mm-hmm. and try to see who they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's like probably like the best way to find someone mm-hmm. in that space. Um, and then if you don't know anybody, you're just starting out. You are you just like no one else you know like starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say definitely like going to different colleges and mm-hmm. seeing if like go like while you're on campus, reaching out to different professors who mm-hmm. are working in business Let's and see if they can give you some type of like recommendations no suggestions. Um, and I would just say, in addition to that, um, it's hard because like if you don't, if you, because if a person who might just be a tax preparer are told things, and there are some people who are scamming the system. Yeah. So it's hard if you're um, coming into the game and you don't know. Like I can talk circles around you about a lot of stuff. No doubt. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything that I'm saying is true. No doubt. So you can get conned into a situation. So. Um, that's why, like, reaching out to people that you know yeah. might be the best way if you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, so just coming from to, a referral yeah, base right yeah. out the gate, so there's somebody yeah. that you could trust. Because I, I actually, obviously, have had crazy experience with CPAs, et cetera. But um, our situation changed a few years ago, uh, dynamically as far as income projects, things of that nature. So um, we had to 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 make a move. I absolutely loved who was doing my taxes back home. Um, for literally, I think I was in, I think I was a teenager when I started off with them. Yeah. Um, but they were a smaller firm and then we moved. So when I started interviewing and talking to other uh, CPAs, um, some of them red flags for me, it was like, well, we charge this for this, but then if you call me here, it's going to cost you X amount. And it was like, they were nickel and diamond me. It just didn't feel right. You know what I mean? So what I did was I interviewed, um, and I can't even say I, me and the wife interviewed, Man, it had to be 10 to 15 different CPAs just to see what um, people were saying. I even went to uh, one of the big boys, which is BDO. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wasn't going to go with them, but I just wanted to see what they were going to say so then I could go back to these other firms. Um, and a lot of them, literally, they were like, well, we charge this for this, this for this, this for this, and nickel and diamond. So I'm like, well, can we look at it from um, the model of like an attorney? I'll give you some money up front, and then that retainer, we just we take it from that retainer. And for some of them, it was like appalling. No, we're just going to charge you here and here. And for me, that meant that they didn't want to build a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. It was only strictly transactional. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying people that does or does not work for you. 
But for me, it's got to be somebody I could pick up the phone and call mm -hmm. from a relationship perspective and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. Let me throw this idea at you. And, and then you're not necessarily saying, okay, we were on the phone for point one eight right, charging right, you right, right. $800. <laughs> you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right, like, right, right. Um, but that's what I experienced. I don't know what, what you know what I mean? You on the other side. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. That that's always been like one of the the largest problems I've had, um, like working in the space and working with um like large firms mm -hmm. was that um every single time you do work, you're getting billed for it. Mm -hmm. Um and I just felt like sometimes, um, or a lot of the time, it's it's unfair to the customer that uh, they don't have like a built-in white glove experience mm -hmm. where you might pay a little premium, mm -hmm. but it'll cover phone calls, mm -hmm. like a certain amount of phone calls um, throughout the time. But a lot of people, they just want to bill for, like, I don't want to say it's taken advantage of, but because they're charging for their time. No doubt. But for the for the customer, not everyone has those large budgets. Yeah, nor does it um, feel good. Yeah, it you doesn't know what feel I mean? good. Now, yeah. now I'm hesitant. Every time I call you, you know what I'm saying? The clock is on and it, it just, it, it, for just me personally, it just, it just didn't feel right. I, I had a bad situation, um, using an attorney for something and, um, going into the discussion, I paid a good, like, well, like maybe like $1,200. And I felt like I did primarily all the research. Like I was coming in, telling him everything. Yeah. And I felt at the end of the day, like there was no value. Yeah. And I should walk away with a little bit of something. Absolutely. You know, it was like something I didn't know. Absolutely. But it was just like, oh, I did the research my own. And, and I just felt like even in the space of like finding that right tax accountant, um, there you should always walk away with a new perspective and a bit of new information. Yeah. And, 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 and bringing your, not necessarily your experience, but your experience from the research that you did, because even as as deep as I am into business, I recently had a similar experience um, with this new firm. We started this this new development company, mm -hmm. um, and we paid. And they wanted the the big firms. It's a, it's a well known attorney. And when we paid them the money to retain her, I ain't even gonna say how much it was. Um, mind you, I've started many corporations, but I specifically wanted to do it with this one um, because that's what they specialized in. After I paid them the bill, they gave me some literal templates off a website, off a government website, and then charge me for it. And I was like, yo, as experienced as I am, yeah. I, yo, you know I was hot. Yeah, I wanna, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, I was yeah, hot, yeah, but yeah. Um, that's what I want to try and prevent here having this conversation. So make sure specific to this CPA conversation, well, not specific to this CPA conversation because of the podcast, but however, just in general, do your research. Make sure you take a look. Like Keon said, talk to some folks and get a referral. Ask the individuals you interview, uh, ask them for referrals. And also, Uncle Google is a beast, so so you can rock out with Uncle Google. I want to um, shift the conversation a little right. bit to the business side of it, starting the business of it. Um, you hear these things, uh, 1031 exchange, you hear own a home and you can write off a portion of your home. You hear um, if you sell stock at a loss, you can write it off on your taxes. Let's let's dive into not necessarily those specifically, mm -hmm. um, or we can, um, but um, to start an LLC, C corporation. Let's talk about the benefits to having a corporation as far as taxes are concerned. Right, right. Um, so um, starting with first, like you can have many different. Um, there's like many different. Like not to get too deep, but like let's leave it 
very like surface level. No doubt. It's, no, it's no, it's no, a lot no, of no doubt. We'll be here all day. Yeah, we'll yeah, be here all day, y'all. Yeah. So we're going to like, you have like C corporations, you have S corporations, yes. um, you have partnerships, and then you have like LLCs. Yep. You can also be considered a sole proprietorship. Yep. But um, actually, like S Corp really isn't a legal entity. Mm-hmm. It's um, a pass through entity mm-hmm. that you, uh, like, you elect as a, you have to apply through the state and mm-hmm. the S corporation status would allow you to, for tax purposes, to save like money. No doubt. So, like, so understand um, what he just said, Ja. The S corporation is a designation, right? It's a designation for pass through. So, right. Understand what he just said right there. But it's not a legal entity. No so doubt. you still got to pair that with an LLC. Exactly. Um, a, a, a corporation. Um, those are like the only two. But yep. Yeah. Yep. So give me the importance. What, why should I not just do a sole proprietorship with my social security number right. and a DBA doing business <laughs> right, ads? Right, right, Talk right, to right. Me. So when you start to go into like doing a sole proprietorship, um, the taxes is significant. So let's just say, for example, you make $100,000 to use like uh, easy numbers as an example. Um, let's say at the end, like, so after all expenses, you're walking away with $100,000. Um, when you get taxed, you're going to get hit with federal and state taxes on that money. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that tax bracket uh, for $100,000, let's say it's 22%. Whew. So you're going to get hit with federal 22% and then another, what, 10% for the state. But like mm-hmm. the more money you make, that number could be a lot higher. Let's yep. talk about you make $500,000 yep. this year. And if you just have a, a sole proprietorship, you'll be taxed on like almost 40% of that income. Yeah. So so the, so the key I think that you just said is because it's income. It's seen as personal income. Personal income um you don't you don't it, because the government everything that you will make from like the business mm-hmm. you'll be taxed on it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't want to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Let's, I don't want to do that. Avoid that. Let's All avoid right, so that. tell me how I, how do I avoid that? What so do then, I do? Set so me then, up. So then you um you apply to like let's just say you pair that with an LLC yep and then you treat your LLC um you elect for it to be an S corporation so now um with the S corporation you can avoid paying self employment taxes mm-hmm. because in addition to being like a just an all right let's just say just an LLC you'll have to pay self employment taxes in addition to the other taxes mm-hmm. that you have to pay mm-hmm. so like that's like so you have federal state and then you have self employment which could be like seventeen percent. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you choose to be an S corporation, like you can avoid paying the whole like other like 17 because you don't have to pay like self-employment taxes yeah. because you have to pay yourself a W-2 and the W-2, you can kind of make that being, um, to the market. Okay. So if you're starting a business, let's just say, um, I usually don't recommend people applying for S corporation status until they like make $50,000 of income. Mm-hmm. Um, because that gives you the sustainability for tax purposes mm-hmm. and like paying like your accountant where that's fair. Mm-hmm. So if you make more than $50,000, you can apply to be an S corporation. And, um, when you receive that hundred thousand dollars, now you can save like, I, like I said, 17% mm-hmm. of like the self-employment tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and every penny counts. Every penny counts. Every penny counts. Um, so, 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 talk to me about not necessarily talk, talk to me about this statement, or, or, or talk to me about the business making the income versus me owning the business. No, 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 no. Scratch that. Scratch that. Let's make it more simple. To talk to me about the business making the income versus me personally making the income. Right. 
So if the business makes $100,000, you will be able to take advantage of um, some of like the deduct, like I don't want to use the word deduction, let's say like write off. Mm -hmm. Like let's keep it simple terms. Mm -hmm. um, you can write off some things um, that pertains to the operations mm -hmm. for that business. Mm -hmm. um, if you are operating in your home, you can take a portion of your home mm -hmm. as a deduction, mm -hmm. which is okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's perfectly fine. Yep. Um, but a lot of people aren't doing it the right way, though. Mm, talk to me about that. Talk <laughs> to me about that. Yeah. yeah so, talk to me about that. So a lot of people just think that, um, like, you'll take your total home and you'll just, uh, let's say you use 20%. And then, so you're taking your lights, your mortgage mm -hmm. and everything. You're just, like, taking that 20% and you're writing it off. That's mm -hmm. not technically the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. There's another tax form mm -hmm. you should file. Mm -hmm. And you, although that calculation is correct, you shouldn't treat that as, you shouldn't write off those um, as uh, business expenses mm -hmm. um, on your Schedule C. Mm -hmm. There should be another form attached to the yep. Schedule C that you're going to attach to it. And the reason being is that a lot of people are doing it and what they don't realize is that the the benefit in mm -hmm. writing like those write-offs is that um how that was the best way to describe it um the benefit of those write-offs is that the the what the irs is saying is that okay we're allowing you to write off your home mm -hmm. for like the 20 percent that you use for your home mm -hmm. but let's just say like your income like you don't make any income mm -hmm. because there, it is possible like you might not have a profitable year mm -hmm. We'll talk about that because, no doubt, no doubt. because we're gonna talk about depreciation. No doubt. So like so like we there's a possibility where you might not necessarily have a profitable mm -hmm. year. So you can't you shouldn't be able the IRS won't allow you to create a net operating loss yep. by just writing off your business. So those are disallowed. Yep. So you can only write off mark my words, you can only write off your business home if it generates income. No doubt. But you should not be able to write off to create a loss mm -hmm. for your home, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Now, if you go and you get um, a building mm -hmm. or some somewhere external, or even if you have a property mm -hmm. and you build some, you build a home and mm -hmm. you like, like you you use that a separate space, structure, a separate structure mm -hmm. specifically for, then you can take all that expense. No doubt. And so, so, good. Yeah, yeah. I might have to rewind that one because you said a lot right there. So, and I'm and I'm gonna dig deeper too. Because the other side to it, keep me out of tax jail, Kiana. <laughs> the other thing I think that we conflate, we mess up, we don't necessarily do completely accurate is, oh, I took a family vacation, but this was a business trip, right? So I'm taking all my receipts because we just went to Puerto Rico and I'm writing the whole trip off. No, that's not accurate. Talk to me about that. How Keep me out of tax jail. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, what the IRS normally do in those type of situations, because if you if you're making a lot of money like one of the things that the irs could do they can do a lifestyle audit which mm. a lot of people don't know about mm. and they'll look at like your lifestyle they'll dig deep into like your personal transactions which mm -hmm. you don't really like want them to like start looking at your yeah yeah so like they'll start doing they'll do a lifestyle audit and the lifestyle audits can um dissect your personal like how you're living mm -hmm. you know and they can choose whether like what you are doing what's considered a write-off what's not considered a write-off yeah and that's what you don't want to have. no doubt so how so how do i keep it my arms length how do yeah. how do i separate like I, I go home to buffalo and i'm really going home to my man white party but 
the party's on Saturday, but I'm leaving on Friday because I'm gonna have a couple of business meetings. Yeah. So how do I do that yeah. appropriately? And it's fine. It's fine to um if you if you design a trip around um and I think it's smart, you mm -hmm. know, like even in business, like mm -hmm. sometimes you have to send a client, like even working with like working in like a firm, sometimes you might have to go to another city mm -hmm. and, you know, like be there for a few days to mm -hmm. like do like client work. So like it's fine to travel, um, but there has to be supporting documentation okay. to make sure that, okay, I've gone to, although I've gone for this, like for this event, mm -hmm. and sometimes events can be... Um, treated as like write-offs because, mm -hmm. you know, it might be marketing your business mm -hmm. at the end of the day, no which isn't a wrong thing like that. And that's yep. why I say like some, sometimes yep. um, our people, we, we don't, we don't know that some people take extreme advantage of it and some people don't write off enough, <laughs> no doubt. you know, and no you, you want to no be doubt. in that, you want to be in that comfortable space where you making sure yep. you're getting like the, you're maximizing it. Yep. So if I'm going to Buffalo for um, some production stuff, you know, like, yeah, I, I still like that trip. Primarily, I go to Atlanta all the time. Yeah, you know? like and um, sometimes, like though, like the trip is you can write off those yep. expenses. Yep. just there has to be supporting documentation for yep. it. The IRS can't say, "Oh, you didn't go here for this." You no know? doubt. And just to make sure, like, so if I if I try to plan, um, like a trip, like yep. a family trip or something. I'll try to do it with uh, like see what conferences yep. and try to plan it around the around conference. That. So like make sure that you're planning vacations and trips around actual business and yep. transactions. So yeah, you can hit up a you can hit up Vegas, you know, and not maybe all those expenses are write offs, but probably like depending on like how you like what the what the trip is designated for, you should be able to take advantage of a lot of those. So 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 talk to me about write off. I'm brand new in this. I'm watching this podcast. I don't know much about taxes. You're saying I could write stuff off, <clears throat> mm. right? So when I write it off, does that mean the government is giving me my money back? What does that mean? Because I I pay for it. Right. So right. I already paid for it. So money money out of pocket. So so talk to me about that. What's the benefits? How's it work? How my money show back up? I don't understand. Tell tell me, make me understand. Okay. Um, before before explaining that, um, I want to say like when you're setting up your business, like there's like a number. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it's like um, NACA. So like like mm -hmm. the importance of that number mm -hmm. is that it will tell the IRS, hey, listen, this is the game that I'm playing. No doubt. Like you know, like every in life, we all got all we have all these different kind of games. We have football, basketball. <laughs> yeah. So like that's letting the IRS know, like, hey, listen, this is the game that I'm playing. Yep. And then the and then the IRS say, hey, listen, here's the rules. Here's the rules to the game yep. that you're playing. Yeah. You know, so like these are things that you can um consider ordinary yep. and necessary. Yeah. Because those are two words that the IRS um, describe as being um, uh, as that you can write off. Yeah. So like, let, let, let's go back to that because that's that's a key point and I want to make sure it's underscored and everybody got it. Kian just said, before we even get in all that, you want to make sure you get your NACA code, right? Say yeah. NACA code. I yeah. think it's yeah. NAIC yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to tell the government, to tell the IRS what game you're going to play so then now you both have the same set of rules set up. That's yes. key right there. All yeah. right, go ahead. So from that NACA code, um, now you can, um, the IRS is going to say, okay, these are ordinary and necessary um, expenses that your business should have. The mm -hmm. IRS, there's a big book, right? 
like a book of all these rules. Mm -hmm. um, and um, a lot of people, like uh, the most, the, the normal person won't read the book, mm -hmm. but it's called like the Internal Revenue Code and you also have internal um, treasury regulations. Mm -hmm. I've never read none of that. Yeah, yeah, plan, yeah, yeah. You I, don't I've even, never you don't planned even to read none of that. Yeah, yeah, ever. you don't, you don't even want to. <laughs> For <laughs> real. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the, the book goes into detail with like whatever business you are operating in and then what you can write off for those. Okay, that's dope. That's absolutely dope. So then... I get that code, let them know the game that I'm playing. I'm good by the rules, and now I start writing it off. So, so tell me, tell me what that equals. Like, what, what, like, how does that work? I wrote off five dollars, but again, the money I already paid for it. So, do I pay less in taxes? Talk to me about the benefit and the importance of the write-offs. Yeah. So the write-offs basically is all right. Now the government is saying because so this is this is this is interesting because. Um, the way that this world will, or like the way that the United States was designed, it was designed in a way to um, benefit people who are investing into the restructure yep. of the United States of America. Yep. So it's important to be an entrepreneur yep. and it's important to um, like have these businesses that you are operating in um, so that you can like have the government, when the government say writing off, now they're saying, okay, you had this expense now we're gonna like give you money back mm -hmm. on this expense. Mm -hmm. Now, nor like dependent and and, it, and it's hard to say exactly how much that is because yeah. it's really designated by how much income your business made. Yeah. But let's just use um like a conservative number for every dollar that you spend on your business. We the government will give you back like twenty cents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like that's no probably like but 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 it's really based on income. Yeah. If you make a hundred thousand, if you yep. make a million, two million, yep. like those numbers are different. So so you want to be on that spectrum. Yeah. You want to somewhere in that middle towards writing off as much as you can because you want to keep your money in your pocket. Right, you right. don't want the government holding your money, which brings me <laughs> to this topic that we might chuckle about a little bit, right? I don't want, this is just Shamari and it's my podcast so I can say what I want when I want on the podcast. So I'm going to say, I don't want the government giving me a tax refund. I don't want a refund at the end of the year. Negative. In the best case scenario, I just want zero. I haven't had zero in a really long time. I'm always paying double digits, but I don't want a refund. And my logic, and I'm going to ask Kiana to check me on this, my logic is if you're giving me a refund... That's money that I could have had in the market all year that you, the government, made money on that I didn't make money on. Check me on that, man. Yo, it's crazy. Like, you know what's crazy is that like when you start to make like money, you know, it, it, it's the the so it, it's kind of funny because a lot of people live for the refund. Yeah, and I'm like, yo. This is crazy. Like yeah. you don't you don't want that, you right. know? Like that's that's like me giving like for example, that's like me giving a stranger like $100 just to save for me mm -hmm. and then at the end of the year, they give me back the money mm -hmm. with no interest. Exactly. It's like the government will charge you interest if you don't pay. Yeah. But they don't want to give you interest on the money that you're overpaying them. Yeah. And that's crazy to yep. me. Like, yo, you do not want a refund. You want yep. to make that number as low, as low, as low as possible. Because what that means is that your cash flow, you're taking that cash flow from your everyday life. Yep. And you could be re reinvesting that into different stock portfolios yep. or other cash like uh, 
assets that can generate, you know, like money for you. That might be a down payment on a house. You always want the money to be moving. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And when the government takes that money, it's not moving. Yep. So now you got to wait in order at the end of the year for them to like give you the money back that you overpay. The, the, it's the most like, like growing up, you know what I'm saying? Yep. It's not like I had, I had the resources. So like, I just understood like, oh, like at the end of the year, like my mom does taxes, you know, like yep. you don't get a refund. It's it's like, I'm like, and I never understood it until I went to school yeah. for accounting. And I started to work in these like consultant, these um financial consultant spaces. And uh, I'm like, yo, like that's bad. Yeah. That's bad business because yeah. uh, you want to make sure that you got your money to do what you want to do with it. And if they taking it out, I'm telling you, like, but but it's it's a mind shift change because I can't yeah. front. I, I'm I'm where I am now is not where I was before when I was younger, and how I grew up. A tax refund was the shit, right? Yeah. Like it was, yo, we get some money back at the end of the year. I'm going to school, clothes shopping. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm taking yeah. this money, the bag that's really my bag, and then I feel like it's something that I was rewarded when in actuality, as I got older, um, because life is about information, mm -hmm. consuming as much information as you can with trusted experts around you mm -hmm. to help you navigate to know and understand. And once you know and understand, you can't go back. So mm -hmm. for the culture, for the positive progression of the yes. culture, we gotta not be happy about, about getting tax refunds. If we can hit zero and we just boom, but the other side to that coin is, we got to make sure that we talking to our CPAs. We got to make sure that we talking to folks who know how to invest. We got to make sure we talking to business coaches and business mentors because just because we're getting that money in doesn't necessarily mean that we're doing the right things with it, right? So we're going to help you from Keon's perspective not get that refund, but make sure you keep and stay tuned to all of these podcasts so you know now what to do with that money that you're going to be getting throughout the year as opposed to getting it at the end of the year. Um, that's just something real big for me, man. My mind shift change. I'm I'm gonna use that um, as a segue. But first, I gotta shout out the the Buffalo Bills T-shirt, yeah, though, man. Yeah. You know, what thank I mean? you, thank to you, the, thank you to the hometown. We uh we definitely killing it. It's it's our year yeah. for the next twenty years. We taking yeah. over, man. Yeah, we building we it out. over. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it we is taking over, man. Yeah, it's it's always good. Like when I uh coming down here um and just like networking with other people down fly from Buffalo it's yeah. always love like that's one yeah. thing you get from the city yeah it's always love yeah. always it's, love the town shows crazy yeah. love man what um what 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 got you to want to go to school and to learn I heard you say something about your mom but this is not something I would ever pick up a book and say yo I want to learn about taxes like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying How? so so it's funny is that's a funny story uh so I started out um Little background was like I started out, uh, went to a culinary high school in Buffalo. So I thought Emerson? that I wanted, yeah, okay. yeah. All so right. I thought I wanted to be a chef, and I still cook today, which nice. is like something like you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Is that outlet for you? Yeah, That's yeah, dope. yeah. That's dope. So, um, so I, I thought I wanted to be a chef, and then uh, I ended up looking. I remember when I was like in high school. Google, how much do chefs make? And I used to always see the chefs working a lot. Yeah. So how much they made, I was like, nah, I'd rather own a business. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so I just was like, that ended up parlaying into like me going to a school in Buffalo, um, Kenesha's College, you know, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in business. Yeah. Because there's different avenues that you can enter Absolutely. into. Um, but I, what I did know is that I didn't know anybody in my family that owned a business. Mm. And I always say, um, 
you have to learn the rules somehow. You mm-hmm. got to know the rules. Like, you have to play the game to change the game mm-hmm. on some real. Mm-hmm. So um, I just was like, if I don't know anybody that's in business, what's the best way to get into this space, you yeah. know, so that I can start to build generational wealth? Yeah. And um, that ended up coming down to, uh, like, me choosing accounting as a major because okay. I said, you know what, like, if you have a doctor, and I think we, like, kind of, like, mm-hmm. spoke about this. If mm-hmm. you have a doctor... They're evaluating how the body is. You yeah. have a lawyer. They're evaluating how um, the law is played. Yeah. Well, an accountant is evaluating how businesses are played. Yeah. You know. So I just was like, it was a shot in the dark, to be honest with you. Yeah. I chose accounting. Yeah. Um, and then I chose accounting and accounting information systems yeah. because I was young. I didn't know, you know, and I, yeah. but I know that um, we're moving in a digital age. So I said, I'm going to be forward progressive and take advantage of yeah. information systems as well. So I want to, I, I want that. So we did have that conversation. I'm glad you brought it up because I, I want to underscore that too while we're having this conversation, um, while we're on the podcast, because I think that's a really good point that I don't think I heard anywhere else besides you. So let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to a foot doctor for heart surgery. <laughs> yeah, right, right? Right, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. And if you do, it might yeah. be a problem, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and again, I, I think you're one of the only ones I ever heard say something like that as far as giving the example, using that as an example of how important, you know what I mean, tax law is. Just talk about that just, just a little more because what you said is, you got lawyers who explain the law to you, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You, you got doctors who take care of healthcare. It is just as important for you as a person and your business and generational wealth building to have that same mindset around a good CPA. I, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. Just say just say a little more about that. Yeah. So one of one of my big things one of my big things is that um, every single year, like if you go into a doctor. They're rating like, or if you want a multi a few times a year, they're rating how well you are necessarily, um, like your health is, mm-hmm. blood pressure, mm-hmm. and, they, and, they, and then they keep that track mm-hmm. record for year to year, so mm-hmm. that they can see how well you are doing mm-hmm. with your health. What gets measured makes progress. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, goodness, that's beautiful. What gets that's measured beautiful. makes progress. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you should be doing the same thing when it comes to like your financial statements. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people out here. They like, well, I'm making money. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, let me see your balance sheet. Yeah. And then when it comes down to hard times, then they might need like an investor or mm-hmm. some sort. They don't even got balance sheets. Mm-hmm. And and like and, and that's important because it's gonna show like your EBITDA number, mm-hmm. like earn it before income tax, mm-hmm. you know. So like, am I how do I know that if I'm giving you the money, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it back. Mm-hmm. You know? So like a lot of people, yeah, you might be making money, mm-hmm. but can you utilize, you know? This information to make even more money, absolutely cutting certain costs. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, to like make that number big and like it's. I always say, um, me personally, it's important to know your exit strategy mm. before you even start the business. No doubt, some businesses are designed to build and sell. Absolutely. Some businesses are designed to build and pass on to yep. like other family members. Yeah. But you should know before you even begin to start that LLC, S corporation, C corporation, do a little research, talk to your accountant. Yeah. What is the exit strategy yep. for this business? Yep. You know? Um so starting with starting with the end in the beginning. I I I I totally agree. I I we can talk for hours yeah. about yeah. that. But I'm not gonna take over the podcast <laughs> talking about that because yeah. I, I fundamentally agree that wrap up begins at the start. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you, you gotta have that vision to be able to to maintain, to know 
if things don't go well, here is the plan and here is how I get to it. Mm -hmm. And again, that mastermind group that can help you to say from a tax perspective, here is how we going to move if these certain things happen. Because yeah. the reality of it is once you go in with a design concept mm -hmm. that you want to have and want to take place, when other people start getting involved and then you have individuals who are helping you, you may have started out with a square, but you may come out with an octagon. And yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean that that octagon is bad. It just means that things shifted and they changed. And let's make sure my taxes are right. I don't go to tax jail. Let's make sure I have an exit strategy. Let's make sure that as I'm making more money, I'm keeping just as much money. So so that's really dope. Um, before I put you on the hot seat with my, my favorite question about expediting change, what you're doing. Um, we talked about a whole lot. So yeah. I want you to give me um, whatever you believe are three key points. Now, remember, my listeners, man, are anywhere from beginners who don't don't have a CPA and don't even know where to find a CPA to folks who are doing business and they locked in with a CPA. So just give me give me three key things that you think the listeners should take away. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of things. I would just say number one would be to make sure that you have a budget. Okay. Budgets are your friend. I know a lot of people don't like hearing that word, <laughs> no doubt. but they, they allow you to like plan um, how you're gonna write off, like what your write-offs will be at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So if you get to, let's just say um, the end of the year, December and December 31, you might have to buy an asset for depreciation perspective mm -hmm. so that you can lower that uh, taxable income amount. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like having a budget would allow you to know what exactly that money um, you might have at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Two, I would say um, make sure you tap into your network, okay. you know, to get those references <laughs> to make sure that you are reaching out to the right people mm -hmm. and and, um, and ask for and interview those, like those references when you are looking for an accountant mm -hmm. or a tax accountant. Um, and uh, three, that writing off expenses is not a bad thing mm -hmm. when you're spending it on your business. Mm -hmm. That's dope. That's dope. So make sure you documented those three things, squad. Make sure you pull up the expediting change and you rewind and you write those down and then you go into them and you send me questions. So now we're going to move into the hot seat. The hot seat is you super smart. The hot seat is you went to school and you read some books that I'll ever, never ever read in life, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right? You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But I fundamentally believe, as you know, a rising tide raises all ships, right? Mm. So what are you doing to expedite change? What are you doing to get the knowledge that you have, whether it's community service, discounting your rates, whatever it is, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is for you to help for the positive progression of the culture. What are you doing for the culture? Yeah, so um, first, uh, outside of like doing like the whole accounting thing, mm -hmm. I ended up um, like starting like a production company. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I've noticed is that uh, a lot of the times is that a lot of people that look like us, mm -hmm. we don't necessarily like have the right financial people in those spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get trust, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, for people that look like us, mm -hmm. you know. So uh, I definitely uh, spent hours and hours in, to learn this information so that I can like drive down and like be able to give back to my people no doubt. and educate them on no like doubt. the different kind of tax advantages yep. um, through that. Uh, uh, in addition to that, um, I have like uh, starting like this new, I guess, concept for like fatherhood, food and finance. In nice. which I'm like designing a community of fathers mm -hmm. and we can like talk about like uh, like just giving back um, to like to create a structure that we can invest into our families so that 
we if we're no longer here they can still receive like that's money fire tax that's fire Gener generational stuff so yeah. say the name again into the camera and how, how can they find and, and connect with that yeah fatherhood food and finance um it's on instagram you can hit it up fatherhood underscore food underscore finance um yeah so my guy, I appreciate you. This has been fire. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm a 100 give my guy credit and edify him and give him his flowers while he's here. I know I don't call this man on a multitude of occasions. We don't been at football games, whether at my house or at the football game, and asked him a question, a stock question, um, and he just answered. And I've never got a bill. Only time I got a bill is when he actually came out and had to do work. You know what I mean? The video work. And I, at that time, I expected a bill. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about positive progression. Um, it's dope. So yeah. um, he is absolutely doing his thing. This is what the Expediting Change podcast is about. Putting people who have a specific skill set to come talk to you to give you information. There are lots of pathways to ultimately building our generational wealth. And Shamari's way is never the Shamari show is it, right? There are many different brilliant people out there. So I'm going to bring these brilliant people with a diversity of thought, but then it's your turn to do your own research to make sure you have the information and, to, and the knowledge to grow and build. Because again, I say it all the time, a rising tide raises all ships. It's just not Shamari and his ship and his tide, but it's the community. It's for the positive progression of the culture. So Keon gave us a whole lot in this segment that you need to take, write down, and then go ask Uncle Google. One of the biggest things I think he said was start with your own circle. Start with somebody that you know to make sure that you can find a good CPA that could take care of your financial health. How can we grow as people, as a community, when we talk about building generational wealth, when we're not necessarily the experts of what finance looks like from a tax and business perspective. But the one thing that we do know 100% is that this country was designed around giving it up for those who own corporations, right? Make sure if you out there doing business, everything is tight and growing your mastermind group and building generational wealth equals you making sure that you have just like the foot doctor and the heart surgeon and the attorney to have a solid CPA on your team. This is Expediting Change. I appreciate y'all.